We're going to pray again. I, I just got a prayer request, and I know that there are probably folks in this room. You could remain seated, stand, lift your hands, however the, the Lord leads you. Um, for the sick among us, I, our neighbor just reminded me of uh, Miss Ginger, Ginger Sadler, who's suffering in her body, and then anyone else who you know is suffering in their bodies. Any, anything. See, you know, he sent his word to heal our disease. It says that we are spiritually healed, but he also, he's proven to us that he's concerned with our physical bodies as well. When he was here, he healed physical bodies. When he left, he gave disciples, apostles, he gave believers the ability to heal bodies. So it's important to him. Do you believe? Okay, I believe. In Sadler. It's Ginger Sadler. Oh, Dorothy Wagner. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I thought you were... Okay, Dorothy Wagner. So now look, I'm not going to remember all of the names. I want you to call them out. You, you do it. And, and I'm serious. In Jesus' name, God is with us. God will hear us. Amen? Amen. So Father, here we are now. Again, Lord, lifting up a praise, lifting up your name. Father, <laughs> there's nothing impossible with you, God. Your word says so, and we believe it. Lord, your word says that um, it was sent to heal our diseases. Lord, it says by your stripes we are healed. Lord, we know that pertaining to spiritual things, you have, you have healed us. But Lord, you have proven over and over and spoke healing to our physical bodies. So Lord, right now, we stand in the gap for uh, Ginger Sadler, Dorothy we stand in the gap for these folks and anyone under the sound of my voice, whether in this room or watching and listening over the internet, Lord, right now, we, our faith, Father, is in you. Our faith is in Jehovah Rapha, our God who heals, our Lord who heals. Lord, we trust in you. We trust in you. And Lord, for all of these physical I don't malamities, all, all of these things that are wrong in our physical bodies. But Father, I pray now for spiritual healing. Father, for many who call themselves Christians, who profess faith in Christ, but at the same time are just encumbered by the, the world, by the system. They're so distracted, Lord. They're so put upon by, by the, the enemy of our soul. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would heal them spiritually. Father, that you would give them a touch, that you would give them an anointing. Father, that they would understand, truly understand what your word tells them. The strength, the guidance, Father, everything that you've provided for us, for them in your word, Father. Let it be so real that that's how we walk. Yes. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, fill this place with your spirit. Father, let us be taught by you and you alone. Amen and amen. God bless you all. So, that was last Sunday. The Sundays are all getting mixed up and jumbled and stuff. It was last Sunday or the Sunday before, but uh, the, the day of Pentecost. That was, you know, 50 days after. You, most of you know what the, the day of Pentecost is from a perspective of... Um, you know, spiritually, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And, and so in, last week, instead of preaching a traditional Pentecost message or honoring that, I just I had to preach what the Lord had really given to me last week. And so, um, but I'm going to preach about it today. And, and I started taking notes last week. And like I said, I had to teach or preach something else. So um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, 
and most of, a lot of what we talk about will be mostly chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So I, I want to point some things out to you. Obviously, I've highlighted that for you. The day of Pentecost had fully come. And, and we'll get more into that as, as we go. But they were in one place and in one accord. Why were they in one place? Because remember what, uh, what happened in Acts chapter 1 and Jesus. We, we all know this, but I just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? Not because Tony said so, because the Word says so. Amen? So in Acts chapter 1, beginning verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is after he rose from the dead, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, now think about this for one moment. I, I just want to tell you, this is still a teachable moment. We've discussed it several times, and I know some of you already know this. See, again, part of the reason why uh, they were kind of uh, held back just a little bit until they received this baptism, because they're still thinking like humans for the most part. Remember, so they're asking, will you then restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they're still thinking about that Davidic king that's coming. They're recognizing who Jesus is, but they're still expecting now for something to happen on earth where thou, and it did happen, by the way, but spiritually, but they're still waiting for them to be uh, out from underneath Roman subjugation and now they're Davidic kings sitting on the throne and them enjoying uh, peace, them enjoying uh, prosperity, them enjoying you know, no more enemies that they can't defeat. Are you with me? They're still expecting that. That was still their perception. And he, Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and into Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Okay, he's saying it directly to them, those disciples that were gathered in that moment. Now, my brothers and sisters, we know that they didn't go travel to the ends of the earth. They traveled, they evangelized, right? And then especially the Apostle Paul, Asia Minor, right? Parts of Europe. So, so my brothers and sisters, he's talking to all of us. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is you and I are to be endued with power. We cannot be his witness until we're endued with power just like they were. They walked with him for over three years. But they still needed something else in order to be his witnesses. Come on. All right. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of understand that. So now I'm going to go forward and I'm going to begin reading in, in Acts chapter 2. And I'll probably do, you know, 10, 11 verses, whatever it is. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 1. I'm giving you a few seconds. And I hope that you have printed Bibles. If you don't, I'm not, I don't think that I'm mad at you, but you better get a printed one. <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right, so let's read. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire point here as of fire not fire as of fire amen okay just a lot of these things you got to just make, make sure that you're um, paying attention to and one sat on each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and there were dwelling in jerusalem jews devout men from every nation under heaven and when the sound occurred the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, 
Are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamite, uh, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Amen? So look, I know that I'm going to be repeating a lot of things that you already know, but we don't know who's watching now, and there may be somebody new who doesn't know. My brothers and sisters, I believe wholeheartedly, and I believe that this scripture bears that out, because some people will say they needed the, all of these people, uh, they, they were given different languages, different language skills that they didn't have before, because they needed to speak in all of these other languages. For the most part, most of them spoke the same language. Maybe not all of them. But understand this. That's not what happened. They each heard each of them speak in their own language. So that would be like, I'm speaking right now in English, but let's just say there are people that only speak Greek. There are people that only speak Hebrew. There are people that only speak Spanish. I'm speaking, and each of them are hearing in their own language. That's what happened. And, and see, so now watch. This ability, this pure language that was given to them was understood because Holy Spirit did something to them and something to them. And so, well, it had to, be, it had to happen that way because they had to preach the gospel. They didn't preach the gospel. Peter preached the gospel. And when Peter got up and spoke, he spoke probably in Aramaic. Amen? So, so this is important. Why? Because people try to downplay this so much. Other doctrines and theologies try to downplay this so much. And so, well, it was only for that special time. It only happened then. It, no, no. This is, a, this is an amazing thing. This is an awesome thing. But notice what it says they were speaking. What were they speaking? Jesus Christ is God. No, they were speaking the wonderful works of God. The marvelous, wonderful. They were glorifying God with their voices. Come on. You just did that a little while ago. See, now, that's why I... I see, i got to preach now, right? You're making me preach. Look, look, that's why song service is so important. And that's why it may not be a song that entertains you, but if we can... And that's why I prefer those type of songs over... Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Christian pop is okay, and it's certainly better than some of the other garbage that's out there. I'd rather our children, young people, everybody listen to Christian popular music than listen to the non-Christian popular music. Come on. All right? Now, I hate rap. But if they're going to listen to it, I'd rather it be Christian rap than, than anything else. So now listen. Uh, what am I saying? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, my brothers and sisters... The, the music, the songs that we sing should be to him, for him. Amen. It doesn't necessarily have to entertain me. And, and you know what? Here's, the, here's what I know. If, if Jesus is being glorified, something will happen. Amen. Something will happen. And even if it's a, listen, even if it's, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be jumping up and down, circling the room and all that. No. Everybody, uh, no, it, no. It, it doesn't have to be that way. It could be just something as simple as inside of you, in the quietness of your own heart, the Lord is ministering something to you as you're singing to Him. It's something clicks. Yes. That person that you couldn't forgive, now you all of a sudden you can forgive them. Oh boy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That thing that you've been struggling with, 
You know, should I drink? Should I not drink? Should I do this? Should, you know, should I smoke? Should I not? Should I take this pill? Should I do? All of those things that you struggle with, maybe in that moment, Holy Spirit just solves the issue. Come on. I've been struggling with this nagging injury, whatever it may be. But in that moment, you don't care about you. You're caring about singing to the one who loves you. And you're sharing and glorifying him. You're, 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 you're loving on him in that moment. And your father who loves you may touch you in a very special way. We just got to get out of ourselves. We just got to get over ourselves, you know? And, and I'm, I'm with you. So don't, I'm not trying to say, you know, well, whatever. But... You should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So they're now gathered. They're gathered in Jerusalem just like he said. But notice what it says. All of those other people and proselytes as well. So that means there were the Jews, the native Jews or Hebrews who were Jews practicing Judaism. And there were also some proselytes, some Gentiles who became Jews by religion. Are, are you with me? Okay. So now they're all from all of these other countries and all of these other lands. Why did they know that the Holy Spirit was going to fall out? No. God knew. See, they were all there. Remember, there's three um, holidays, holy days, that they have to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And uh, this, this, is, this is a Hebrew word. Shavuot is, uh, is one of these pilgrimage feasts. Shavuot. Shavuot coincides with the giving of the law, the, the Mosaic law. So, so, it's, it's, and it's also 50 days after the Passover. So now you have, it's not an accident. God poured out, Jesus did what he did. He went to the cross and God had all of this planned out from eternity past. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he's telling us this stuff. He's leaving the breadcrumbs all over the place. It's so, it would be harder for me not to believe that this is divine. I'm serious. I'm serious. Let me go a little bit further. Shavuot is also, Shavuot is also um, has other names. It's known by the, 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 that word literally means sevens or weeks. So it also is, it coincides with the Feast of Weeks, which is that same, right? It's that same. That, that, and let me, I'll give you a scripture in a moment. It's also related offering the first fruits of the wheat harvest, right? So all of that is one holy day all bunched up. Now, in Exodus, it says, in Exodus 34, just write this stuff down. Look me up afterwards. I'm not sure what I've given you and what I haven't. Exodus 34, 22. You shall observe the Feast of Weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest. And this is repeated several times in the first five books. Okay? Now, look at Leviticus with me if I've given it to you. Leviticus chapter 23, beginning in verse 15. You shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from that day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Remember the right? The first fruit. Seven Sabbaths, so that's seven weeks, right? Shall be completed. Count 50 days to the, to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. Are you, are you there? Yes. Hallelujah. So, so God had already counted this. He had already had these holidays, these high holy days uh, where they, they, were, they had to show up, right? If you were practicing Judaism, you had to show up. So now look, and let's go back now to Acts 2, 1, where we started. We got that one, Kaysen? Thank you. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So fully come. Because there's this countdown that has to take place. 
It's not just speaking to, well, this is 50 days after Jesus. Yeah, is it speaking to that? Absolutely. But there, were, there was a countdown that had to come that we would have known that um, we can count 50 days. We didn't know that Jesus would be on earth for 40 days. They didn't. We do because it's past tense. They didn't know that Jesus would walk the face of the earth for 40 days before he fully ascended into heaven. They didn't know that. And then 10 days after that, and see, that's when he said before he ascended, tarry in Jerusalem, stay in Jerusalem. You're going to receive the uh, promise of the Father not many days from now, right? They didn't know. But now when you do all of this together, they did know then. Because now, all of a sudden, but remember, from eternity past, God had already planned this all out. So on that day, when the Holy Spirit would fall, there would be people, there would be Jews and proselytes, those who worship God how they knew, according to their religion. There would be all kind of people in that place to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God planned it. He knew it. And he, oh, hallelujah. That's awesome stuff. So over the course of a few thousand years, this happens. Let me read a little bit more to you. And, and remember in Acts, uh, in Acts 2, verse 40 and 41, here's what it says. With many other words, he testified and he exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. What is this? Remember, after the Holy Spirit fell, and after people were mocking and some people were saying, what does this mean and all that? Peter got up and he preached. That was the preaching. And again, probably in Aramaic, he preaches a message. And when he starts preaching a message, he lays it down. And when he lays it down, this, this is what they be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day 3,000 souls were saved. The 3,000 souls just from that one message. And did Peter say anything about, oh, he's your pal, your buddy, your friend? No, he laid it down. You killed him. He, he, and it said they were pricked to the hearts. See, my brothers and sisters, that's how people get saved. When they hear the truth, and the truth does something on the inside of them so that they can understand, I am not worthy of God. And therefore, because he did what he did, that proves that he loves me. So how am I going to react to that love? Are, are you there? Hallelujah. Okay, so now I want to read to you again from Exodus. And please, he, you, some of it will be up there, but pay attention. It's pretty important. So now I'm going to give you context. This is when Moses is coming down after he received the law from God, right? So he received the law from God in, now in uh, Exodus 32, beginning in 25. When Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, they let loose, man. All, they started worshiping the pagan gods. They were doing all of those things, the, all the debauchery. For Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrances, entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. How many? How many were saved that first day of the church? Coincidence? No. Hallelujah. Let me read something else to you so you understand. In Romans 3, just listen to me. You could look it up later. Romans 3, 19. 
and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become be guilty before God. Therefore, the deeds of the law, no, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be saved or justified in this sight. For the law is the knowledge of sin. Okay? The wages of sin, death. It says in Corinthians, it says, uh, the letter kills, the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's totally demonstrated right there. According to the law of God, those men were, they died, the 3,000 men died. But according to the Spirit which gives life, 3,000 were saved. Amen? And it must be the Holy Spirit because you can't turn it off. So, okay, so are, are we there? Do you understand that? I mean, and, and, and so, so many of you said, well, okay, big deal. Who, who, who cares? Who, what, what does that mean? That means plenty. See, think about this for a minute. <clears throat> that law was given about 3,000 years before. And, and holy mackerel, God knew then what was going to happen. No, God even knew before that. God pronounced in the garden things that were going to happen when Adam and Eve fell. Hallelujah. So am I going to really, when he tells me some of the things that he's told me, should I doubt? Oh, no. He's, that's, God leaves us all of these breadcrumbs. He shows us all of these things. So then why would I doubt? Why should I say, you know, Noel, maybe, no, nothing's impossible for God. And when we teach our young people, God has a plan for your life. A plan to, not for your hurt, but to prosper you. We mean it. Why do we mean it? Because he meant it. And so if there's a plan for our lives, our young people, all of us, we know that that plan will work out for his good and for our good. And so who, so who, who am I going to trust? Who am I going to believe? Amen? But now I want to talk to you now because remember how it's, there's, there's this gift that, that we're getting, this promise of the Father. Amen? I, I, I read a little article. I, I read something and I'm going to read this sentence to you, but this is written, remember, this is written now by a practicing Jew. The Torah was given by God to the Jewish people on Mount Sinai and Shavuot, Shavuot more than 3,300 years ago. Every year on this holiday of Shavuot, we, we renew our acceptance of God's gift. Do you see what they believe? Right? And, and do I believe it too? Absolutely. But they're calling that God's gift. They're celebrating Shavuot, they're celebrating the giving of the law, the word of God, right? And they're celebrating that which Moses received on Mount Sinai, every Pentecost, right? See, remember, in, I, I, I failed to give you one note here because there was another, it's related to offering of first fruits and all that, but the seven weeks and all that, but then it also, remember, count 50 days after the seventh Sabbath, that was back in Leviticus, you don't have to put it up there, back in Leviticus, shall offer a new grain offering, 50 days. That's where we get the word Pentecost. So that's how that's all, it's 50, and it's penta and cost, and I believe it's five to the tenth power. I think that's the Greek. That's how it's broken down. Amen? Okay, so now we're receiving this gift, but they count on that day, Shavuot, they're getting a gift. That's how the Jews see it. We got the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Luke eleven thirteen. if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So watch. 
Why did I give you that? Because look at the context in which Jesus is speaking. He said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, you're evil people. Your, your, your nature is to be an evil people, even though you mean have good intentions towards your children, but you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your heavenly Father would give you the gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. He doesn't use the word gift, but it's implied, right? The Holy Spirit is the gift. Acts, again, back to 2 uh, in 38. Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you, now this is after he said, he preached that message, then they said, they were pricked to their hearts, what must we do? And so then Peter is telling them now, here's what you do. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. See, now there's some doctrines and theologies that said, no, that was just a special thing for them. No. When he's talking all of those who are far off, he's not talking geography. He's talking chronology. How do I know that? Because he's saying your children, your children's children, and all the... He's talking about generations. He's talking about time. He's not talking about space. Are you there? So it's for you. The Bible also tells us in many places, but specifically Mark, these signs shall follow those who believe. The qualification is belief. The qualification isn't living in the first century. Second century. Count the centuries. It doesn't matter. These signs shall follow those who believe. Well, it was only a, a, a rented lips. It was only an apostolic gift. No. Back in the first century, as early as they uh, elected deacons, there were people that were disciples, not apostles, who were performing signs, wonders, and miracles. Philip the Evangelist, right? Stephen was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He saw God while he was being stoned to death. There's these miraculous signs and wonders that are being... How about Ananias who prayed over Saul before he became Paul? He wasn't an apostle. He was just a believer. He was just a disciple. And he, re he laid his hands on Paul, and Paul received his sight. Healing. It's not apostolic. It's these signs shall follow those who believe. And see, my brothers and sisters, the reason why, again, you're going to hear me say this until the Lord stops me is because I believe that we're coming to a time very, 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 very shortly where we're going to need the manifestations of the Spirit, those gifts of the Spirit to be operating among us because there is, there, we're going to be denied, if we're a Christian, we're going to be denied certain things. There is, if, if, the, if you follow the track now and you see what's happening worldwide, there are very hard times coming. Yes. Amen? And so we either compromise to get physically what we need or we do the spiritual thing and depend on each other and the power of the Holy Spirit among us to do the work. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I'm going to keep preaching this way. And, if, and listen, if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, then somebody in this room, and my children, my grandchildren, your children, they better be carrying that same torch. They better be carrying that same flame. Amen? Amen. Has to. Has to be. But I really do believe if I live to be a, an average white man in the United States, it's coming in my time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even so. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So now, listen, I want to talk to you now a little bit more about this Holy Spirit, right? Again, I'm going to speak to you in terms that you already understand as it relates to scriptures and things of that nature. So, you know, bear with me just a little bit. In Luke chapter 3, in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, this is when Jesus was baptized. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. 
And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. Like a dove, not a dove. The Holy Spirit doesn't look like a dove. Holy Spirit is a spirit that you can't see. But whatever, did, whatever happened that at that moment, God allowed it to be bodily evident. It, it could be seen. And, that, and thank you, Steve. And it did come down from above. So it descended. So that's important. Why is it important? Because he said it. Amen? Okay. It descended uh, uh, in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you, you I am well pleased. Okay? So now watch. I don't want to turn this into a, uh, a debate on the Trinity and all this other stuff. Okay? <clears throat> There's such a thing. Has anybody in this room heard of modalism? Modalism? Modalism is, is what a lot of, I should say, some prominent spiritual leaders are now adopting to explain the Trinity. That God is the Holy Spirit, God is the Father, and God is the Son. Those are three different expressions, three different forms that he takes uh, at different times when he needs to. That's false. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because I'm smart. Look what it just said. Look what it just said. Watch. The Holy Spirit descended on the Son, Jesus, like a dove, bodily. So there's two separate entities right there. And a voice came from where? Heaven. You are my beloved Son. So there you have three simultaneously appearing. Explain that. Amen? I don't know how to explain the Trinity totally, but I do know this. Because of Revelation. Revelation tells me that when I see the king sitting on his throne, it's going to be Jesus. It says, I turned. John said, I turned. And there on the throne was the Son of Man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, see, it's not really that hard. If you read and you study a little bit and you start letting Scripture interpret Scripture with you and... and Hallelujah. And don't go into it with a preconceived notion of what you believed and then pick out the scriptures that align with what you already believe. Just read it. God, speak to me. I want truth. I don't care what daddy, mommy, auntie, whoever. I don't care what any... I just want to know the truth. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to talk to you again. Remember now, he saw that Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so what happened after he was baptized? Anybody remember? He was led by the Spirit immediately into the wilderness. Remember that? Yeah. Okay? And he spent 40 days, 40 nights. He was being tempted by the devil, right? Yeah. He was tempted by the devil. And what, what did he say? When the devil started tempting him, Jesus stood up and says, Get out of here. You don't, even, don't you know who I am? No, he didn't. Did he have to remind the devil of his status, his stature, did he even say, I am the living word of God and here's what I know? No, you know what he said? It is written. It is written. It is written. See, he was fully human and fully God simultaneously. I can't explain that. But in that desert, that body was weakened because he was fasting, no food or water, that he was suffering just like you and I would suffer. And that enemy came to him like the enemy comes to you. Yes, yes. 
And that enemy tried to distract him. That enemy tried to get him to compromise because of feeding that flesh because he's in this condition and he's so hungry and he's so thirsty and, and do this. And then even the same old story, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Come on. See, the same thing that, that bothers us. But he, it is written. It is written. It is written. So let me ask you all something. When the enemy comes to us, do we have to lift up our hands? Get behind me, Satan! No. No. It is written. My God says this. And don't repeat what Pastor Tony says. No, no, no. I'm being serious. Don't, don't even repeat what your second favorite preacher says. What does this say? The, what does, amen? You, the, the word. And real and, and, and with context. We need to know with context. Because if we're quoting the word at the enemy, right, without context, he knows that. Amen? Okay, so just bear with me a little bit. So now let's go forward. So Jesus returned in chapter 4, verse 14, from the wilderness experience. Verse Luke 4, beginning in 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Okay, so you got that one? You got that one? Okay, I apologize. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as he, his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and it was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened up the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel. He is what? Anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So now this is Jesus, right? Remember, remember when Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, this is what's going to happen. And now Mary is this you know, young teenage girl who's uh, engaged to Joseph. And now he's, you're going to be, you're going to have, you're going to give birth to the Savior. Okay, so now she's, oh, uh, beside all of that, I, I can imagine what was flooding her mind. In her heart. I could imagine that. But then at the end of it, okay, it's not why. It's how is this going to happen because I've not had relations with any man. The Holy Spirit will overshadow. So here's my point. The Holy Spirit was the one who helped conceive Jesus. Jesus was baptized and then the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Then he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy as a man. And when he comes back, what does it say? He came back with the power of Holy Spirit. I'm not a very smart man, but I could put two and two together here. There's this process here that Jesus just absolutely nailed it. He nailed it. But he gave it to us. He gave it to us. He absolutely gave it to us. Then, can you imagine that though? He gets up and he reads that. And then he says, today this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. 
I'm the one. I'm going to read one more verse to you on this subject, on this anointing. In Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 36. Now listen, please, hear my heart. Because some people, ah, you use too much scripture, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm, but I'm just telling you, this is why we believe what we believe. Not because Tony said so. You don't have to hear my summary of it. Here's what it says. Verse 36 of Acts 10. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Who, he is Lord of all. Who's Lord of all? Jesus Christ. That that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. See, Again, I'm not going to stand here and then try to explain, but I'm telling you that there's three separate persons that are addressed in that scripture. Okay? I don't know how God was able to do that simultaneously. I just know that he is God. And if he wants to be three places simultaneously, in three forms simultaneously, he can do it. He can do it. And he did it. But you notice what it said? See, this is how we know that, that there was this human, that Jesus had a human nature. And even in the scripture, he said, it says that he was like us. And that he had this human body and, and all of that to contend with. And he was tempted in all areas like as we. Do you remember reading that in your Bible? So now when I see something like this now, it... it Oh, it, I don't let it confuse me. Well, how can he be God and he has to be anointed by God because he was man and he's showing us this is how you do it. Amen. He was a man. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. We need the power. Amen. You are powerful. If you have Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have a power that's always with you that you can tap into. Amen? But the power has to be activated, in my opinion, based on what I'm reading and seeing. The power can only dwell in you if you know what his word says. Right? And you're standing on that word. And my brothers and sisters, that's what this is all about. It's about us ingesting his word, eating the bread of life. Are you with me? Eating the bread of life. And then as we face these difficulties in life, which it's going to happen. Right? God is not waving a magic wand in front of us and saying, oh, you're mine? Okay, let's, we're going to make it easy. No. And as time gets, goes further and further, like right now, our, we have brothers and sisters everywhere who are being persecuted and prosecuted. I'm hearing things like the church, the underground church in China is growing. And the more they try to prosecute them, the more they go after them, and they count it a blessing. What about in North Africa? I mean, people are being just hunted down. I mean, come on. Middle East. I mean, all over. And now in, in the Western culture. First, they're doing it culturally. But pretty soon, it's going to be more open. This cultural war is not a war just against Western culture. It's a war against Judeo-Christianity. Period. Period. And you know that, and I say it all the time. But my brothers and sisters, we have to be wise to it. And not put up our dukes this way, but put up our spiritual dukes. 
And that's why I tell you these things all the time because we're faced with this day in and day out. Our kids are right in the middle of it. So how do we combat this? How do we battle this? Holy Spirit, you're going to be endued with power from on high. You're going to be endued with the gift. You're going to be endued with the promise of the Father. That's how it's done. How do I know that? My Lord did it. He showed us this is how it's done. In the body, this is how it's done. So now watch. Uh, if Jesus needed the anointing, what do you think about us? Jesus, the one who had, the Holy Spirit had something to do, come on, with his conception. I've got a natural mom and dad. Amen? But he made me, he quickened me by his spirit. And so now I have to, again, I have to, I have to ingest that bread of life in spiritual. My, what did Jesus say? Uh, 6.63, John 6.63. My words are, you know it by heart, my words are spirit and life. My words are spirit and life. So when I'm reading this word and Holy Spirit in me is helping me to, to understand what this word said, it's bringing life and it's, look it, it's that spirit that I'm ingesting. Why? Because my words are spirit and life. So now I'm ingesting spirit as I'm, and now watch. He also says, you've heard this from me so many times. And Jesus proved it out. What? In Acts 5, I believe it's 32, please, if I misquoted the, the number, the reference, please forgive me, but it's in 5. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. And Jesus proved that out. How do I know that? Look at what happened in the wilderness. Look at what happened in the wilderness. When he was tempted, he stayed obedient to the word of God. Didn't compromise. As miserable as he must have been in the flesh. Hungry, weakened, and all that, right? We know he was weak in the flesh. How do we know that? The angels had to come and minister to him. He could have turned those stones into bread. He could have jumped off the height of the temple. He could have done any of that. But he didn't. Why? He remained obedient to the word of the Father. Amen? So, he gives the spirit, I got to ingest the word, I'm ingesting spirit, and now I got to be obedient to that. The more I do it, the more spirit, the more power. Amen? All right. You said amen, remember that. <laughs> so now I'm going to go back to Acts, but now in verse 8, I'm sorry, chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Is it hot in here or what? Maybe it's just the flame of the Holy Spirit or something. I don't know. In Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, let me give you a little context. Remember, uh, Philip went and preached the word in Samaria. And there was a, there was a revival in Samaria. People did, they started giving their hearts to Jesus. Amen. They sent Peter and John to them whom when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they, the, the apostles, laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? They were believers. They already believed. They received, they had to have received the Spirit with a measure because you don't even have the power to understand or to fully believe without the Holy Spirit. So they had some kind of a measure of the Holy Spirit. They were believers. There was, tr there was truth that a revival broke out. But they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Not in that measure. 
Amen? That's important. Why? What does that say to us? Because there's so many th theologies and doctrines and denominations right now that, that preach and teach, and many of you already know this, that when you give your heart to Christ, that's all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. You got the fullness of the Spirit right then and there. Boom. No, you have the potential. You have the potential. But listen, let me... Let me um, yeah, I mean, I, I re, I re, I'm going to refer to a lot of stuff that you already remember. Uh, hopefully you'll remember. But remember the first time when, when um, Peter and John were arrested for healing that lame person at the temple gate. Remember when they released them, they went back and they prayed with the people that were praying for them. They went back to the house and they're praying together. And the Holy Spirit filled them again. This was after, that was chapter 4. Remember, the Holy Spirit filled them in Acts chapter 2. That's Acts chapter 4. They got filled again. Well, if, when you get saved, that's all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. Explain that. You see what I'm saying? Just read. So I want to keep being filled. In Ephesians chapter 5, be not drunk with wine, where is dissipation, but be ye being filled. There's this process, continually being filled. My brothers and sisters, that's so important. And I, and I know, man, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm getting torn apart here because I know that many of you have heard these words before and certainly have heard them from me. But I'm telling you, the time is coming and we're going to need every bit of this power that we can get. I want you, me, we, when we can't see doctors anymore because they're either lined up out the door and you have to, it's already that way. you got to make an appointment and that appointment might be down the... Or they may lock us down again where nobody could see doctors except for whatever. Whatever the case may be. Or oh, you're a glass half uh, empty kind of guy. No, I'm just telling you. This is what's happening in the culture. So there's going to be a time when that happens. So I'd love for you, for me, for we to get together. If we have any sick among us, we can be confident. Let's go ahead and anoint them with oil. Let the elders anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. If their sin will be forgiven and they will be healed. If there's any sick among you, bring them to the elders of the church. They did it. They did it. Come on. Jesus did it. Well, but he's God. No, Jesus was God in a bod, but he needed that anointing. I just showed you. We just saw that. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to go to one more. Acts 19. Beginning of verse 1. Did I give you that one? Thank you. Put it up. Thank you. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, we know the story. I mean, well, what baptism? Oh, no, we don't even... This would be, you know how they responded? We didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, what, what were you baptized? We were baptized unto repentance like the baptism of John. But they were already believers in Jesus. How do I know that? What did Paul just say? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, Paul wouldn't be saying about believing anything else. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit wouldn't even be in the, in the conversation. Is that a fair assumption, y'all? Am I, am I making a major leap laterally here? No, Paul is speaking specifically about people who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you received the Spirit since you've believed? We didn't even know there was such a thing. 
So Paul ministered, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. There was manifestations of the Holy Spirit. See, my brothers and sisters, when I start talking about the manifestations, that, that's really what kind of frightens people or scares people because of all these other doctrines and theologies and all this other stuff. When, when people hear the word Pentecost, they think Pentecostal, well, we're holy rollers, and, you know, we jump up and down and we run around the building and we flap wings and we, you know, do dances and all this other stuff. Now, has all that stuff happened? Yes, it has. Is that the Holy Spirit? No. How do I know that? No. Because this is the one of the first tests that you can ever put any of that stuff to. Does it glorify Jesus? Because Jesus said, I'm going to send you. He's going to glorify me. So anything that's done by or through or with the Holy Spirit has to bring glory to God. Period. So tell me how flapping my wings and hooting and hollering brings glory to God. Now, I'm not going to limit God. You know, maybe there's a bunch of people who believe in birds. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to no, know. And I'm, I'm not trying to be silly here because I don't want to say, I'm not going to limit God and how he gets his glory. But let's be honest. In this culture, in where we live, how does that glorify God? Answer, no, it doesn't. And we give so much to the, to the Pentecostal. You know, we gave, and I'm Pentecostal in the, in the sense that I believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But now I, I'm almost sometimes, people, you tell people you're Pentecostal, they think, oh, you're one of them because of all of those things that I just mentioned to you. But I want to tell you, if you're a born-again Christian, you better be Pentecostal, for lack of a better way of putting it. I've even been criticized from this pulpit. I had people who were so spiritual, they go and they visit other churches and they critique and they tell you how you can improve. And that, that person sent me a note afterwards, well, you shouldn't say you know, you're a Pentecostal because then people are going to think that you're you know, just of that doctrine and blah, blah, blah. Really? Really? Is that it? Should I say I'm charismatic? That will scare more people. What should I say? Here's what I'm saying. I believe that everything in here is true. And I believe that it's just as real and relevant. When he says these signs shall follow those who believe, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. Why? Because I believe, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I received the Holy Spirit. And I have hopefully done my best and I think I have failed a few times but I'm still trying to continue to get more right I'm trying to continue to be filled constantly as we're told in Ephesians be being filled amen amen so 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 let me ask you something <clears throat> did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed Just take a moment. It's not meant to belittle anybody. And it's not meant to make fun or can, you know, cause any kind of condemnation. But think about this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? See, there's a difference now between you know, knowing that there is a Holy Spirit and having enough of Holy Spirit in you to acknowledge that, yeah, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. There's none righteous, no, not one. 
so I need Jesus to save me. Right? Okay, that's, that's good. But when you did all that, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And well, Tony, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jesus, the Holy Spirit got there. Mm -mm. Did you receive that third person of the Trinity? Did you receive that which empowers you, that gift that's from above? Did you receive it? And are you in the process of continuing to receive it? See, do you understand the ministry of Holy Spirit? And when you receive that, let me put it this way. Steve, very generous man, he recognizes that there's a need in my life. And so he buys something for me and he packages it up, he puts it in my office and like he would normally do because I know him, you know, he won't say anything, he'll just leave me the gift in the office and he'll go. I carry the gift home. Hey, Shell, look what Steve gave me. What is it? I didn't open it. Have I really received that gift? No. I, I've got it. It's there. It has potential to be opened and to be used for the intention that he has given it to me. Oh, this is good. I hope somebody's writing this down. Come on. It has all the potential in the world to be what I need in that moment. But I didn't receive it. I didn't receive it. So, look, don't let the word Pentecost or Pentecostal scare you. Don't let that thing just ring in your mind and bring up some, maybe some thoughts from your younger days when Pentecostals were all crazy running around whooping and hollering and, and jumping up and down and all that. Do they still do it? Yeah, some of them do. Or handling snakes and all that. Now, when we were um, fellowshipping a little bit and we were considering joining churches with Pastor Rory's church, we had a meeting. It was quite a while ago. And when we were walking from one of his buildings to the next, there was a snake uh, by one of the paths there. And so uh, I made the joke, see, that's a, we're, we're full gospel pastor. That's coming with me. It was a joke, obviously. But see, that's the perception of some, and I don't want that to be your perception. Don't be embarrassed, and you know, people are going to call you a holy roller. Well, I don't know. I'd rather roll that way than any other way, I can tell you that. Yeah. Tag me with that. He's holy. I need to be holy. He's pure. I need to be working on purifying myself. Come on. So, so call me a holy roller. Listen, here's what else I know. People will ask you for prayer when they know that you are a holy roller. Come on. They ain't going to be make, making fun of you then. Come on. See, you see what I'm saying? But now watch. See, I'm, I'm bringing up these spiritual manifestations, right? The gifts, the manifestations, tongues, interpretation, discernment, prophecy, right? You know, you know the gifts, right? Laying on the hands, of a great dose of faith. All of these are spiritual manifestations, right? But, but there's also the fruit. Remember in Galatians 5, 26, right? You read it later, but you know it. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Come on. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
Why? Because the Spirit brings life. The law brings death. So if those things... See, those things have to be present in you. Those things have to be part of you. Why? More Spirit, you have this character of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it says, and you need to walk in these things. What things? This character of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Alright, I'm almost done, so hang with me. As some of your eyes are getting a little bit heavy, and I know I can almost hear the stomachs growling from here. Just hang on just a little while longer. I'm telling you, feast on some more bread of life. Amen? Amen? Feast on just a little bit more. So now watch. Concentrate on that and the fruit. The fruit is more important. Don't talk to me about manifestations when there's no fruit evident in your life. And, and that's scriptural. It's not Tony. That's scriptural. Read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul lays it out. Again, he lays it down. Amen? Okay, but now let me ask you something. Um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'm going to give you a, little, a couple of test questions. You could test yourself. Think among yourselves, okay? Do you care more about what people think of you than God? Come on, take all this in. Do you hold grudges? Is it hard for you to forgive people? Do you ever have any fits of anger? Come on. Do you still have to drink a little bit, smoke a little bit, drug a little bit to kind of mellow you out, to kind of take the edge off? Are you depending on that? Or are you, do, are you doing that socially because you think that it's going to up your status or you have to do it? In or Come on. Are you still involved in relationships or kind of maybe, you know, crossing a few lines here or there, right? Are you still doing those things just because, you know, you want to be accepted by a certain group or a certain person? Are you being compromised in your relationships? Are you starting to compromise about what you believe and think as it relates to the Word of God? After all, Jesus was love, and to not love everybody is intolerant. You know, and intolerance means that I have to accept somebody even if they say that they're homosexual and they can still go to heaven. No. Is it intolerant for me to think that it's wrong for people to teach children about trans transgenderism? Is it wrong for me to think that uh, men who think that they're uh, suddenly a woman should... See, now that's absurd, isn't it? But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that's happening in some churches. So watch. It didn't start there. Come on. Listen to me. Hang on a little while longer. It didn't start there. As absurd as those things that I last mentioned sound, it started with small compromises. It always starts that way with small compromises. I'll do just a little bit. I'll ask for forgiveness later. Anybody ever have that done in their life? Come on. I'll smack them now and then I'll ask God to forgive me. No, you're laughing, but I know that happens. Come on. And I'm, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I haven't been tempted. And I've, I've, in my younger Christian days, when I wasn't filled with as much spirit as I got now, I mean, I threatened a couple people. Shush. No, no, no. But listen, listen, and, and please hear my heart. I'm not trying to be funny or excuse any of that behavior. In fact, quite the opposite. When you start compromising in those areas, my brothers and sisters, you're showing a lack as it relates to, do you believe... Have you received Holy Spirit? I need to keep receiving Holy Spirit. I have to, right? Why? He told me I need it. Amen? And so look, I want us to come together and to pray an effectual prayer. 
I want us to be able to lay hands on each other. I want us to be able to do all of those things that, that Jesus did and, and told us, you know, you could do this. Amen? Amen? Amen. But I also, my brothers and sisters, want you to have personal victory in your life in order that when we do come together, it's in that power. Because without these very basic things, my brothers and sisters, are you still worried about your social status? Are you still worried about what you have, material things, how much money you make? Come on. Now, again, every time I say these things, I got to preface it with this. The Lord knows you need things. The Lord, and the Lord is the one who made this rule. You don't work, you don't eat. How's that working in the culture right now? Is that working for everybody? You see what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters? The Lord set the groundwork. Uh, you know, if you're doing these things, if, okay, that's the sure sign that you've received Holy Spirit. Why? His word is real to me. He has empowered me to receive his word. Again, I got to go back to one of my favorites. And you guys are good tired of hearing it, but Philippians chapter 2. We're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for is God working in us both to do, or both to, to both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure. I almost lost it. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's God working in us. God is working in us? Yeah, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit God is working in us. So continue to be filled. Last scripture and then we'll call it a, a day. In Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to repeat what I've already repeated a little bit. 18, do not be drunk with, with wine and with his dissipation, debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now watch. Look at what it says about being filled with the Spirit. So here's, I told you those things. Are you still doing these things? Wrath, all this, envy. Do you still envy people? Do you all? But now watch this. In 19, Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This is not a new scripture to us. But is that part of how you're acting, how you're living this out? Have you received the Spirit? Are you filling, are you being filled with the Spirit? So are you, listen, are you talking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Don't make me sing. <laughs> Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So, so watch. I don't even have to vocalize it inside me. Man, I'm telling you, it's been a rough couple of weeks. And I was lamenting, as I do to my uh, better half. <laughs> she always tells me the stuff that I know, but I don't want to hear it from her. <laughs> Turn on some good praise music and give it to God. Come on. It, it was, it's been a tough few weeks, I'm telling you. But my brother, but she's right. And so no, it's not just putting on a praise music and listening to somebody. It's that getting down on the inside of me and now me making some melody in my own heart, right? Singing praises to him. So now I'm dragging greens last week and I'm praising God as hard as I can with everything that I got. And I'm watching those clouds mount up on me and I know I'm going to get rained on, not going to be able to, and I'm singing all the more. And guess what? You know what? We had some rain, but it wasn't enough to really just totally... I mean, I worked, worked one night till pretty late, and it's still... We got it done. It wasn't as planned, but we got it done. And I was thanking God that we didn't get a downpour to undo... Jimmy, can you relate? And I was thanking God that we didn't get a downpour to undo everything that we did. So, so did God honor me? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, God heard me praising Him. Absolutely. And there may have been somebody else. Maybe a farmer didn't need that extra downpour or something. I don't know. But all I know is, listen, 
all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose. My brothers and sisters, i got to hang on to that because it don't always look good, but I read the back of the book. We win. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So look, so making melody in your heart to the Lord. Sometimes you don't even have to just sing out loud. And so, and, and the phony baloney business, listen, I'm not into that. Now you might criticize me. How you doing? Oh, just totally blessed, brother. Okay, that's fine. But really, what do you believe really on the inside? If that's what you believe on the inside and you're saying it, absolutely. But if you're just putting on the dog just to make it, no, it's not going to work. Yeah, but you confess with your mouth. But you've got to believe in your heart. You, making a confession with your mouth don't mean nothing unless you believe it in your heart. So that's why this, this you know what? I just stumbled on this today. So I really know that this is for me. I, I do, I know. And I hope it helps you as well. And I'm just counting on it that it would. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. How do you feel inside your heart when things are crumbling around you, when people are mocking you, criticizing you, when people are talking bad about it, when it's going all wrong, the kids are acting a fool, can you still make melody in your heart singing to the Lord? Well, I'm going to tell you what a big, there's this big factor. Have you received the Holy Spirit? It's the only way it will happen. The only way. Amen? Giving thanks always. <laughs> this is not me. Giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for all things. Well, if you believe Romans 8, 28, like we just quoted, all things work together for good, then i got to be thankful because he's going to use it for my good. Come on. It don't feel like it in that moment, I can tell you. But that's where faith comes in, and that's where power of Holy Spirit comes in. Come on. That's why I need that power. That's why I need to receive Holy Spirit. Humanly, can I do it? No. Humanly, I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to tell my wife about it. And she's going to tell me things I don't want to hear. With the Holy Spirit, I'm going to hear, I'm going to do, and I'm going to praise Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? And be thankful. Lord, somehow, someway, I know this is working out for my good. I don't see it right now. Please teach me because I'm about to blow a gasket. And I'm just being real. But that's where we need to be. Because if we blow the gasket, too late. That doesn't mean you're going to hell in that moment. No, I'm just saying that you, now you better confess to God. God, I'm sorry. Right? Okay, let me just, uh, just this last little bit in verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Did you hear that? Submitting to one another. This is talking to the church. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. I'm submitted to you. It's important. Your will is important to me as it relates to God, right? You know, your, your, your needs, I'll say it that way. Your needs are important to me. My needs should be important to you. We're, our desire is to be submitted to each other, not, to prefer the other person over yourself. Yes. Right? And if we do that, guess what? Everybody gets taken care of. Yes. See, look, if I'm worried about me, oh, this is good. You better write this down. I'm telling you, it's coming. If I'm worried about me, that's one person worried about me taking care of my needs. If I got a group of people, <laughs> what would you rather have? Amen. Hallelujah. You understand? Hallelujah. God knows. Amen? Hallelujah. So now listen. I'm not going to... If you want to come up here and pray, please come up here and pray. But here's... I think where the Holy Spirit's leading. 
We could talk about Holy Spirit baptism and speaking in tongues and all that. Okay. All real, all pertinent, all meaningful. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you start tapping into that potential? Did you really receive that third person of the Trinity and all that goes with that? Amen? Amen? He's just as much God as the Father and the Son. It's God. I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh touch. How about you? So, so look, let's pray together. And if you want to, I mean, stand, kneel, whatever position that you feel most comfortable in. And I'm going to tell you right now, too, if, if something, and if you're watching, and something I said has confused you or scared you or anything, listen, read the Bible. That's why I give you all those scriptures. Please, read it. Read it for yourself and receive it. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. God, we love you, but we know most importantly, you love us. In fact, Lord, we wouldn't know to love you unless you first loved us. And you are a good father. You are so gracious and merciful. But Lord, you sent us this gift. And Lord, you know, sometimes in our own hubris, or sometimes we try to understand things too much according to our own human intellect, and we fail to receive this gift. Lord, each of us, I feel pretty sure that most of us in this room and watching have received your spirit in a measure. And, and that's why we're here. And that's why we're watching and listening. But Lord, we want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you are the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, Jesus, I ask in your name that you would baptize us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. Lord, touch us in every area of our life. Fill us, Lord. We need your anointing. Lord, there are people under the sound of my voice that have been yoked with some bad things. Father, whether they be physical ailments, Father, whether they be um, just mental, dis all kind of disabling things, Father, depression is, is huge in our culture. Father, they're confused. Or Father, in Jesus' name, there's these same old sins that they continue to stumble over. Lord, right now we give them to you. Lord, we ask that the anointing would now break the yoke. We pray for your anointing, Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize us again in your spirit. Lord Jesus, let us realize the victory that you've already given us according to your Holy Spirit. Bless us. Bless us, O oh Lord. We give, Lord, we give ourselves to your Spirit according to your word. We now receive your Spirit. We receive you, Holy Spirit, as God. As God. Thank you, Jesus, for this gift. Thank you, Father, for this gift. And as we continue to walk Lord, help us to understand your word. Let the words fly off the page and let it feed us. Let us devour it, Lord, and be strengthened spiritually. Holy Spirit, empower us then as we've received you now to walk in those words that you've given us, that you've given us understanding over. And then, Lord, in the days ahead, would you please, Lord, move among your people with power. Lord, let the sick recover. 
Let the spiritually sick recover. Lord, let those who are encumbered by sin no longer be encumbered by sin. Those who have fallen into bad habits, addictions. We speak now to addictions. Father, not because of our power, but because we receive your spirit. Father, let all of these things go back to the pits of hell where they belong. Father, we love you. Father, we give ourselves to you, our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, fill us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.